Welcome to Press Rewind, a podcast where your friends at Fandom City discuss movies we watched all the time when we were younger. Some stand the test of time, and some really don't. Today, in honor of the 30th anniversary, we are talking about the secret of my success. I mean, you kind of had to guess that's what we're talking about. You could just sing that. And it was, we could not find another song to sing. Anyway, uh, before we get going, let's introduce ourselves. I am the Phantom City Sheriff T. I am the Phantom City Mayor Rachel. And um, unfortunately, today, um, the alderman could not join us. She has fun stuff to do. And um, we could not convince our children to watch this one. I mean, how many how many can they take for the team, really? How can we, re- how can we really expect them? Oh, to sit through some of they these. They wouldn't even okay. consider it. Mine was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine said, you're doing what? Eh, and just looked and walked away. Right. So Didn't even ask for a synopsis. Nope. It was like, no. She didn't care about anything about it. I, I wonder if I had said, Marty McFly is in it. I wonder if that would have convinced mine. I don't think it would have convinced mine. I said it was made 1987 <laughs> and the room cleared. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, uh, The Secret of My Success was released on April 10th, 1987. Yes. Yes, people. 30 years ago. Time um, flies. Time flies. Um... It was directed by Herbert Ross, who, if you will remember, also directed Footloose, along with Protocol and a host of other white movies. It was anyway, the eighties. Um, I mean, <laughs> say movies because <laughs> there were no other kinds. <laughs> Pretty much, but I'm unless it was 87. a movie made in Hong Kong, it was a white movie. <laughs> I was looking at the list of his movies like, oh, okay. It was, uh, the, the screenplay was written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr., who worked together on Top Gun, Dick Tracy, the Anaconda series. Oh. I mean, hello, oh. the Anaconda series. Oh, my. <laughs> and um, A.J. Carruthers is giving credit on the screenplay, too. It is his story. He also wrote Topper Returns and a lot of other, for a lot of other TV shows, a lot of TV shows, including my three sons. So it's safe to say AJ Carruthers was an old guy. Oh, he was an old guy. He was older. I think he was born in 34. I think that's what I saw. Um, okay. So it is starring. Do you want to handle this part? Sure, sure. Oh, okay. Um, it's starring. Uh, okay, we got Michael J. Fox as Brantley Foster. And um, he comes in because he's um, leaving Kansas because, oops, another story about somebody leaving (laughs) small town mid-America to go to the big city. (laughs) Everybody wants to leave Kansas to go to New York if they're not leaving Nebraska or Columbus, Ohio, because Columbus. Well, I'm sorry. That was a little fast forward shade, but that's okay. Um, Okay, so 
his reasons for leaving Kansas because he wants to see the world, and I guess the world begins and ends in New York City. It sure and does. I'm not sure. <laughs> he wants to make lots of money, meet beautiful women, and pay his parents back for college. Um, his apartment is a closet. His apartment is more than a. It's a, that's just a closet. It's he moves in junky. I mean, how, what? How the- do you- <laughs> rent an apartment to someone but don't clean don't it out first. clean it out and, and then that, that begs the question how do people live in new york city but i really think that they kind of stretched the truth in this re- movie i think so look so when i first i wrote these when i as i was first writing it, and then further down i say something about how does how movies represent new york city mm-hmm. so new yorkers this is no shade against you all or even the city this is about people who make movies right but this is shade against the writers and the directors who come up with this nonsense that you uh-huh. leave this big flowing million acre farm <laughs> to go live in a closet that the landlord didn't even bother to clean out before he rented even, it to you. Didn't even think that about That is not it true and I've never lived in New York. That is, you know. <laughs> it was clearly a somebody's storage closet right. and they were like, we got somebody who's willing to pay some money so right. let's just put him in it. Did but I? you could have cleaned it out first that is ridiculous and then Brentley was also fired on the first day because the company went under and they didn't have telephones to call <laughs> someone to say you know, don't Ra- bother Rachel back then telephones didn't call from New York City to Kansas uh yeah they did <laughs> <laughs> don't you know you could even call collect if you wanted to and, and, re- and charge the, the call city. to them that just made no sense <laughs> And um, <laughs> Helen Slater, Supergirl, played <laughs> Christy Wills. She worked at the company Penrose that um, Brantley ended up working at. And she's Howard Prescott's mistress. Um, doesn't seem to be happy about it, but keeps doing it. So she's not that upset. <laughs> Richard Jordan is Howard Prescott. Brantley's. Uncle, uncle, I'm also in quotations. Uncle, right? Um, he is not related to this kid in <laughs> one all. form. Not even close. He's not even a fake uncle. Not even by marriage. No, I think they got divorced. His the people got divorced. Cousin's brother, sister's twin dog married <laughs> his aunt Mabel's cat, and that made them. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that made no sense. But his family and Ken is Ken. Ken is Ken, right? Yeah, Ken is Ken. Right. Okay. Oh, jeez. What does he say? He says he's a coattail relative. I mean, pretty much. Jeez. <sighs> oh, um, Howard is the head of Penrose Corporation, which is a big, big time company that. Does everything in? <laughs> I couldn't I tell. Mean, were they advertising? Were they media? Was it media? Like what? They were a multinational conglomerate. Okay. <laughs> but what does that even mean? That means that they made a lot of money with their hands and a little bit of everything, but chose not to tell the stockbrokers what their hands <laughs> went. Um. Margaret Whitten played um, Vera Prescott, Howard's horn dog wife, and the true <laughs> owner of Penrose. 
and John Pankow, um, mad about you, neighbor, mad best about friend, you, baby. Um, worked in the mailroom of Penrose. Christopher Murney, Barney Radigan, <laughs> Eddie Arcadian. Um, he is Eddie Arcadian. He is Eddie Arcadian in this movie, just in case you weren't. Is. <laughs> <laughs> is the head of the mailroom at Penrose. Jerry Benman is Art Thomas, Howard's um, aide, sidekick, bitch, um, <laughs> tattletale. Can I stop? Can I just say you right now are funnier than this movie? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Frank Gwynn, the great Herman Munster, played De- Donald Davenport. And did, he, hey, huh? did you hear that he died? Yeah, um, Several years ago, they say. Look, that's what that's what that's Leona always they says. Always say, yeah. Every time Every he comes time. up, did you know that he died? Let's just say Frig Wynn was the best part of this movie, and he was on the end for three and the a half minutes. minutes. Like, um, the end of the movie. He was the best part of the monsters and the best part of my cousin Vinny. So, um, disorganized crime. And disorganized crime, yes. So, watch movies with Fred Gwynn in it. That's my... I'm, 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 I'm endorsing Fred Gwynn. All right? <laughs> Carol Ann Susie played Jean, Carlton's coolest secretary that didn't get a clue about that elevator being stuck on a regular. <laughs> <laughs> and there was cameos by Cindy Crawford, Mr. Bruce McGill had to be told about it. Luis Antonio Ramos, sorry, Missy. Rico Vilas, I remember him. Bill Fagerbach. It t- I was like, hey, that's the dude from Coach. That's all I kept thinking. He's also Patrick from Spongebob. I couldn't Get remember he was on here. Coach. I was like, I seen him on something. But he's Patrick. He is Patrick. That's what I know him from. You watch Spongebob? Uh, hell no. I just <laughs> happened to know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mercedes Rule. I actually stopped with, I won't lie, sometimes I, you know, put my head down and was looking at the Twitter feed. And then I heard Mercedes um, yeah, Rule um, voice. I know you did because huh? I get a notification every time you post on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, is she watching this movie or is she tweeting? What is happening? I was watching this movie you and got tweeting. Help. I was multitasking. <laughs> multitasking. Okay. But I did sit up for Mercedes Rule wishing that she had. Oh, yeah. Her part in this movie was smaller than her part in Warriors. I mean, she was... It sure was. What was up with that? This is Mercedes Rule, people. They didn't know the greatness yet. No, no, not yet. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about what this movie's about. (laughs) The synopsis from IMDb says, A talented young man can't get an executive position without rising through the ranks, so he comes up with a shortcut, which also benefits his his love life. Um... No? Okay. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what it's about. I mean, he didn't but even try one, to rise through the ranks. He no. cheated. <laughs> how would and how would anybody have known he was talented? Right. He left Kansas and then couldn't find a job. I mean, come on. Uh, a young what? man played a corporation where there were so many employees that nobody could figure out that this guy didn't work there. Right, because Howard said there were 30,000 employees in that building alone. And, so, and nobody, I just okay, nobody knew. We'll talk about this. Right. I just don't get it. Nobody no, no, knew? No, right, no, right. Hey, I didn't hire, I didn't hire him, but never mind. <laughs> right, and you said it like three months after he was doing it, right. so I don't understand I don't what either. you're talking okay. about, yeah. sir. The 80s. The 80s. So, um, the IMDb rating is six and a half out of ten. 
It's higher than I expected. I'm going to say they're pretty generous. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 58% from both critics and the audience. 58%, huh? Everybody's nice. But not so nice to Boomerang and come into America. uh, uh, Hello? (laughs) Hello? Okay. This was more realistic. Okay. So you want to talk about the soundtrack really quickly? Um, can I first um, give a disclaimer and say, but <laughs> <laughs> look, look, this might be the worst. So- okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Night Ranger had a few songs on there. Katrina in the Waves, Banana Rama. Pat, I even know Pat Benatar had a song on there. Roger Daughtry and Yellow. Ugh. Okay. And there were other people, but it was just like, who cares? Who cares? I mean, it was like this mix of famous people. Like, I would have preferred a real genius soundtrack where it was like, nobody. But the music these was people good. they found. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The music was good on that. I didn't know who any of those people were. I'd never heard their songs on the radio, but I enjoyed them. I still remember them. I sing them like they're real songs, you know? You know how I but always... this crap here? You know how I always complain that the 80s music always has the synthesizer background? Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of doing that a lot, because they did do it, they played these lame songs. These lame sort of like... We're it has to be a real song because we're a real rock and roll band mm, playing it. Mm, no, mm. no, uh, no. That secret of my success song reminded me so much of Saint Elmo's Fire. Thank you. I thought which, it was me. Which oh to God. me is actually a decent song. I actually like Saint Elmo's Fire, but I do not like Secret of My Success. That is a terrible song. I thought it was me. Every time I thought about this movie, Saint Elmo's Fire song popped in my head. And I was like, yep. why am I getting these two mixed up? And I was like, okay. Because they sound a lot alike. I wonder if John Parr sued somebody. For mimicking his sound- voice because before we started, I googled yes. John Parr to see if he had something to do with this soundtrack and he didn't pop up. He when I saw a Night Ranger, like I was like, wait, the wait. The guy in Night Ranger. And I'm like, this is not John Parr, is it? That's what made me look it up. And I'm like, Night Ranger? John Parr was not a Night Ranger? Like, what the hell? Well. He needs to sue somebody. Matters not, it sucked. Oh, my God. It was, oh, my God. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, it might be the worst soundtrack I've ever heard. To anybody involved, I apologize. No, I'm not. I refuse to apologize. <laughs> I don't know what y'all were thinking. Did, did they come together to make this? Or did, like, on uh, Footloose, where he like plucked some songs from different people, I think like they can just we use it? Some songs out. I, I, I think that was the thing in the eighties. Just pull a song out of a hat and see if it sounded good. Except in that for spot. real genius. Oh, okay. I'm gonna take it. your word. Karate Kid didn't do that. No. Mm-mm. You know who didn't do that? Purple Rain. But that's Purple another Rain story. <laughs> Anyway, so we both agree soundtrack is blows and uh, Oh Yeah by Yellow apparently appeared in four movies at least when I thought it only appeared in one and then was, right. when I thought I was like no stop uh, just like in Ferris Bueller didn't belong but that's it just had, me it had no point I'm like I don't understand first of all I didn't know why that song is a hit like I don't understand why people like it right and like so I, I googled it and it was like written by I'm like written what there are so no he words says, oh yeah Deepopo. oh yeah that, that's nothing written okay. there I go you forgot one you forgot that <laughs> those are the lyrics give me my monies please I wrote a new song 
Where are my royalties? Yeah, I mean, you they are still getting paid. The, Every time this crap song gets played on a commercial, they're, they're getting, getting paid. paid. You can't say that it's be, they they getting paid for the composition, not the lyrics, because the comp the music is basically some eighties video game. I see aliens coming out of the sky or something. Look, they made this crap on their Casio. Right. And then somebody went, Look, where's our money? Rochelle and I just made the best damn song of 2017. We want our royalty. Thank you. Thank you. And play it in 15 movies, why don't you? Oh, my God, please. And thank you. We are writing it up. Everybody can use this as long as you give us our money. Oh, my goodness. Give me the money, but don't put my name on it. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with a new name for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What made you go see this movie? Alex P. Keaton was in it. That's That's my answer as well. I would have to say I've seen every movie he's made. I saw everything except for Bright Lights, Big City. I was about to say that's the only one I didn't watch. Which is, isn't it ironic? (laughs) That the movie filmed in Cleveland about Cleveland, we did not watch. Isn't that funny? I, you know, yeah. Because I couldn't anyway. see Alex P. Keaton getting drugged up and getting into all kinds uh, of nonsense. Uh, uh, you know, I just, that's Alex P. Keaton. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that type of stuff. And why they got to dirty up no. Cleveland? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say they did much to dirty it. I'm just talking about the cokeheads. Yeah, come on, whatever. Oh, I'm sure there were some somewhere. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't think cocaine was really Cleveland's drug. No. Pretty official drug of Cleveland is probably weed, weed, not cocaine. We ain't about all that extra nonsense. We just want to lay back and relax. It costs a lot of money to go see the Indians in the cast. Ain't nobody blowing it. Oh, no cocaine. Ain't nobody blowing it. Oh, no cocaine. Cheap drugs. Thank you very much. We got some we got some partying we wanna do. Cost twenty dollars to get in the club to flex. Right. I ain't got no money for no cocaine. Are parking you is free. Exactly. Twenty dollars to get in, twenty dollars for parking. Right. I don't have money for cocaine. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. We have to go without this time. So before we dive into the movie, I just wanna say this movie is so eight. It is it from is. the soundtrack to the way it's shot to the clothing, it's, it's so eighty. From Helen Slater's awful haircut. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, so going to loosen up eventually, right? Because you know, it was a freaking helmet. It was sprayed <laughs> to no movement. Like, to the end, where where um, Brantley and Milrose's hair was slicked, slicked back. back. Oh, be- is that what it because is? Because they were going out. Right. Because they were going out. What That's is that? Fancy. What is that? How come every time men, <laughs> not all men, have to put <laughs> on a tuxedo and do something nice, they slick back their hair? What is that some, all They put about? some vitalis in their hair. That's what you what do. What the you heck? Know? That's so you won't be sloppy and unkempt, I guess. Mm, but you're gross. Yeah, it's gross. Like I'm not touching it. Mm-mm. Okay. So <clears throat> we could do this one a little different because honestly, to me, the premise of the movie makes no sense. So we're Mm-mm. just gonna sort of talk about things that happen in it without really like not not we're not gonna like tell you everything that happened. We're just gonna talk about things <laughs> as we talk about thir- certain things that happen. So my first thing is, why do movies, especially back in the '80s, Always make New York sound glamorous, but look like shit. Be- you know, in my opinion, they do it because 
they want to make you feel like you shouldn't you should leave that small town but you shouldn't have because new york ain't all that i really believe it's some hating on new york it, it has to be like so he gets this itty bitty tiny apartment that the landlord didn't even slumlord did not even bother cleaning out before he moved in and before he gets going he can hear critters running across know, the right? floor like i know there are probably roaches in apartments in new york but is that the first thing you want to introduce us to? But you're trying like, to tell us that there are no exterminators in New York. That exactly, landlords don't have to one. comply with some kind of law. Exactly. And he clearly moved to Manhattan. So I'm supposed to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where he's at a payphone. He's in a phone booth. Yes, phone booths did exist yes. back then, people. <laughs> he was in a phone booth talking to his mother outside of a, like a bodega. Right. And there's a guy playing a boombox, and his mom's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's a TV. And the guy on the boombox, who was Luis Antonio um, Ramos, um, noticed two bad guys walking up, and he's like, I'm packing up, and I'm leaving. <laughs> but, but, but Brantley's still on the phone. And so the wife of the the owner of the bodega runs out, policia, policia, oh, my God. Or she might have said police, or... Oh. I hope she said policia. Otherwise, I'm like really racist right now. And I'm not trying to be. I'm pretty sure she said policia. Anyway, so she's trying to get the police. And the guy comes out to get her. And this is a struggle. She gets away. The police come. And they're shooting. There's a shootout while he's in the phone booth. Right. And they're missing. They're, they're shooting missing. the freaking phone booth. So they're not only you phone booth that while he's New in York it. is gross and gritty. But they're also saying that New York police officers have no aim. I mean... There's and that this and this stuff plays out apparently all day in the middle of Manhattan right. of all places. Oh, <laughs> like, stop it! Just stop right now. Now there's been all kinds of movies, even back into the early Hollywood movies where people leave Smallville and go to New York City. But you never see why the eighties when 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 in the black and white movies when they went through New York they may have struggled but they always found their way to some kind of glamorous life. But mm-hmm. in the eighties movies, they always got to go through police shootouts, Violence. and yeah. gang members, and junkies laying on the street. Yeah, like, like what? come on, it's such it's so overplayed. New York is is gross and less. It, you you fall in line with the corporations or, you know, mm-hmm. get some kind of Manhattan job. And that's BS. And I'm not a New Yorker and I'm offended because that's Right, nonsense. I was deeply offended. I was just like, I don't understand why they're painting it to look this bad. And, and like, so this is happening the second day he's there? And of like, course, the, the people that do the wrong, the, 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 the robbers brown. and the junkies in the street... They're people of color every mm-hmm. time. All the time. All the time. Hmm. Okay, so his parents don't really want him to go, but he does. So they give him an open-ended ticket and tell him, anytime you need to come back, come on back. Here's my question. Do open-ended round-trip tickets still exist? I highly doubt it. Since 9-11, I really doubt. Mm-hmm. You, know, we're, you know, once upon a time... And it's funny because I had an, an open-ended round-trip ticket went right before, in, in 2000. Mm-hmm. But I really doubt. An open-ended round-trip ticket that didn't have a name on it that I was able to sell on eBay. 
You see, that's insane. Like, no name on it. Right. You can't get a ticket now. That's when I remember I back in the day, you could get a ticket with no name on right. it. Right. No, but that's not happening <clears throat> now. Now, you know, you, you now you showing an ID, you showing a credit card that you paid for it with. Mm-hmm. No. No, so I really I doubt just, it. Just. I was just curious. Yeah, I, I doubt it. If it does, <laughs> how it, much it the doesn't world has changed. exist for normal people like us. Yeah. In 30 years, is how much the world has right. changed. So his mother also tells him, you know, I gave you your uncle Howard's phone number. So since the job situation, no, no, she didn't know the job situation was bad. She just said, make sure you call him. So since he couldn't find a good job, he was over, he was not experienced enough for the one with Bruce McGill. And then the one with the lady who says, go ahead, honey, take a chance. (laughs) Who I cannot find her name because I guess she didn't stir anything. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Um, she said he was overqualified. Well, she, he didn't meet the Western. He had to be a uh, person. He had to be a minority. Oh, yeah, that's right. So th- that's not like um, a dig at affirmative action, but... Um, oh, it definitely was me. a dig at affirmative action. <laughs> no, it was. So he remembers that he has his uncle's phone number, so he goes to see him. His uncle's a blow hard, but he gives this impassioned speech to him and ends up getting a job in the mailroom. Because that's how it works. This is what I'll give you. This is what I'll give you. I love me some Michael J. Fox. But I realize his thing is impassioned right. speeches. Yes. And he does, like, so many of them in this movie. Just right. like, And he has this way of delivering that I was like, yeah! Right. He did yeah, it. That's a great idea. He did Brilliant. it on Family Ties. He did it on Spin City. He did it on Doc Hollywood. You name it. Mm-hmm. He's giving, even Frighteners, as he's frightening even ghosts. Frighteners. Yes. <laughs> he's so good at that. Like, he is, like, amazing. Yes, you could have a job. Anything else you need? You want my wife to? <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> anyway. So uh, Brantley is leaving, and well, he's he stops to get a drink of water, and Christy walks up, and she at a water fountain. People, right? Oh, do those still exist? I see them at public libraries, and I'm always like, Thanks. I would never drink off that. They That's exist, but they as gross as ever. You know, ew, like all of the water fountains are gross. People, on those you, you, you'll see people cleaning the whole building, but you never see anybody go anywhere never. near that water fountain. Never. <laughs> It's gross. Ugh. So he, she, he moves over to give her some water and he stares at her. He watches her drink this water that has, after she leaves, watches her leave and has this vision of her in a pink dress. And I just want to say, it was weird. It made me uncomfortable. Very like, uncomfortable. I was like... Um, Alex P. Keaton, well, what are you doing? How about this? When Even when he left, all he, his goals... You know, during the whole movie, besides landing a job as an executive right out of college, was to have a meaningful relationship with a beautiful, a gorgeous woman. woman. Yeah. So, he didn't, you know, so that's all he cared about was getting laid and getting a little money. He was 24. I get it. I'm fine with that. Don't be stalkerish, though, dude. (laughs) Like, that's just gross. And he was stalkerish as in all 80s movies. uh, look, it is so difficult for me to watch 80s movies sometimes because I'm like, we were okay with this. Did we question this? And we probably didn't because we were so young. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm like, there is nothing romantic about this. This is not cute. Mm-mm. Go away. She's not interested. She doesn't even know you exist. Right. 
Please stop staring at her across the quad. You're being gross. This girl, you, you know, Oof. the building's empty and you still staring into empty yes! space. Oh. <laughs> it was so weird. I was just like, I don't like this at all. And I guess it's an imagination. She was going through the revolving doors over and over. In reality, she jetted out that door and ran as fast as she could like, the hell away from she him. Probably she probably called like, security. He was like, she keep did. him away she from me. <laughs> He was gross. He was gross. Okay. So, he's in the mailroom and he meets Brantley. I mean, he meets Brantley. He meets Mil- Milrose. And as there, he, Milrose is showing him the ropes. And as he's going through the ropes, he's, hello, hello to everybody. Good morning to everybody. He passed. Mm. And all the people, none of them said hello no, back. No, didn't and, even and acknowledge him. Right, so Melrose is like, yo, yo, we don't consort with the suits unless they talk to us first. What the hell? <laughs> Wait, what? Are they like socials? And, and, uh, yes, and, they are. And in <laughs> greasers, yes, yes, they are. I couldn't believe he said that. I was like, uh, what? Uh, don't talk to suits? And he said it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about consorting with a suit. And I'm like, what did they do to you? Why the hell did I hurt you? <laughs> they probably did Gosh, hurt just, him. The suits are bad. They probably did. They were awful people. There's a scene where they're sitting on this counter, this long counter with this long, like, sort of sorting machine. Mm-hmm. And and Milrose tells him, the pink ones are this and the yellow ones are that. Right. And like a, it was a whole lot of answer office mail. Okay, we do answer office mail at my job, mm-hmm. but it's not—it's not stuff like, "Hey, can you return that paper, that memo that you sent on blah blah blah?" Like this is what they were doing. Stuff that would be in an email. But there's no email. You, like, you're missing the whole point. There's no email. No, no, I got it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I cannot believe the things people did for email. Yes. Like, that's why you need a mailroom. Like, it hit me. That's why you need a mailroom. Oh, my God. Do you think the Donna Intra office email eliminated a lot of jobs? Hell yes! Oh, my yes. God! Which would be really terrible in this instance because Brentley asked him, how do you come up out of the mailroom? Mailroom was like, you don't. You don't. Oh, you don't. And so, in 1987... All those people that worked in the mail room by '92, yep, they were panicking. Um, by '97, they were out of a job. Out of a job. Oh my god! I, all I could do is hope they were learning how to do something. I hope they were pulling like, up learning. Brantley and, and stealing For empty real. offices. <laughs> <laughs> For real, like <laughs> reading the mail before they delivered it so they would know what to look for and so they would know my job is on the line like that's just insane oh my God. and he tells Brantley the mail people it's like some guy had got fired they saw and he was like we all knew weeks before he did that's because the mail is slow. Right. And because everything that everything you need to know what's going on is the, happening. You, the, no, the, the mail is slow because they all sitting there like Brantley reading the damn mail before they deliver <laughs> it. Stop reading the mail. And that's why they looked forward to intra-office email because they're like, this taking too damn long. What they doing? They thought they read right. the mail, so screw them. They're out of here. Ugh. We don't need them. 
We we can get a system that doesn't read our email, mm. but secretly it does. It does. You, work for, you just don't you work for, know. Especially if you work for a public company. I'm going to have to tell you offline how much <laughs> they read your email. They even, uh, certain entities are reading email of mine that's old. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, I bet a certain entity is reading some of mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all. Y'all better be careful. Don't be talking about y'all boss and company email. I'm just saying. And um, be careful what you save when you deal with the big G as your email server. We're not saying no name. Okay, so Brantley, of course, reads some company, some company mail and finds out that Penrose isn't being run right. So he starts doing research under the guise. Look, this is where this is okay. <laughs> this whole thing <laughs> this is where it, this is where it gets because lost. This is he hadn't even decided to use the fake office, the, the empty office yet. Uh. He just happens to read emails like, "Why are they doing that? That doesn't make sense. They should be doing this." So then, as the mail clerk, mail boy, whatever. He's going around to certain departments saying, hey, can you get me research on yada, yada, yada? And they're like, here, take it. He's saying, like, such and such needs this. And here, take it. So he takes it home, he's I guess. It out. And so nobody notices that stuff nobody. is missing out of the building. Nobody noticed the male boy going home with 32 binders. Mm. And that's one he's of the like reasons why every... now they check your bags when you leave the big exactly. office building. Exactly. He went to several different departments, requested all this work. Could you type this up? Could you shoot this in a memo? Could you do this? And was like gathering information about the company. But that that proves that the company is mismanaged because nobody red flagged. It was like, who are you? Nobody. <laughs> nobody said, why is the mail boy? Nobody did their own. They had... Phone. They had phones. Mm-hmm. They couldn't call the office of Peterman. They couldn't call Jay Peterman and say, "Hey, hey, um, um did you request right. this?" And he'd be like, "Why? No, I didn't." Or even say, "You know that memo you asked for is on the way. What memo? Right? You know, you, <laughs> right. You know." And it took right. Eddie Arcadian way too long to find <laughs> out something wasn't right. It really did. <laughs> he was busy listening to Dirty Right. Even Melrose. Melrose waiting. For him, several, you know, to go to work and it's like not here. Nobody, nobody's triggered any kind of red flags in this whole situation. Like, I was very confused by how all this was going on mm-hmm. and nobody noticed. Nobody. So, Radigan is at work drinking a beer and smoking a cigar <laughs> in the middle of the day at work. <laughs> Is this what they do at Google? Do you think at Google, Google lets you have ice cream and they have like a snack bar? They let you they have, have a, ice have cream, bar? but they're not letting you have a cigar. What <laughs> <laughs> about beer? Ain't nobody having a cigar and beer at Google. What about Budweiser? No, no. <laughs> Can I get domestic? No, no. Uh-uh. That's not happening. That's so 1980s. That's a, like, talk about what? relaxed environment. I mean, dude ain't even working because he getting drunk and smoking Get That's why he here. was so paranoid about Brantley. Right. Not just because Brantley was disappearing, but he was like, I'm drunk, man. Like, <laughs> I have nothing else to do. Right. What a loser. So, somebody, they need somebody to go pick up Vera, Mrs. Prescott. And I guess people in transportation were busy. I don't know. So, he decides he's going to send Brantley. First off, I would have said, that ain't my job. 
<laughs> I work in a mail room. But he went ahead and did it. This is so contrived. There was no reason for somebody who works in the mail room to go drive a, a limo to go pick up the boss's wife. That oh, okay, no why sense. why the, the the boss's wife doesn't have a car service she can contact. She has to call nope. the company to send her a car. That doesn't make sense. Well, her car broke down. Her car broke down so she calls the car service. <laughs> she calls a cab. It's freaking New York City. Look. But, but I guess they didn't want a cab. That they knew she was going to the country. I guess they called the look. car service. Okay, <laughs> not call the company and say send around the only limo that y'all apparently have. <laughs> maybe maybe she thought if she called, her husband would get up off his ass and come help her. That's why she called the travel department instead of her I husband. I think she called her husband first, and then he was like, "Ah, travel department, y'all handle this nonsense. This, I don't have time." Uh, no, you know, she didn't call her husband because. Eddie Arcadian said some executive's <laughs> wife needs a ride. I'm trying to find a reason. <laughs> there was no reason. Okay? There was absolutely no reason for this to happen. <laughs> and yet it did. So he goes to pick her up and she's complaining about her husband. She's on the phone with a friend or whatever. Talking about, I know he's cheating on me. The last one I caught him with, yada, 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 yada. And then she's like, she can tell Brantley's listening, but he's trying to pretend like he's not. So she's like, oh, that bastard looks as good as he did since the day, um, looks as good as he did the day we got married. And look at me, I'm just old. And he's like, oh, no, you look great. For some reason, oh, no, you look great. Turned into, I'm going to seduce this guy now. When it should have turned into, I'm going to pop you upside your fucking head. Why are you telling me? Why are you in my conversation? Why are you talking to me? Why are you... I mean, harassment she was much? talking to herself. She was talking to herself when she made those statements. Uh-uh. I don't know why he took it upon himself to be like, yeah, you look great. I mean, look, his head was crammed he into around. the back seat. <laughs> he turned around. You look great. Oh. Okay. So, after he says this, there's all these shots. There's a shot of her... <laughs> God, this... I hate stuff like this. Um getting her lipstick like twi- twi- twisting her lipstick up and she has to put on her lipstick and then he's like looking like Ugh, trying to close the right. divider between them and she's opening it and then they have all these shots of her legs she kicks off her shoes and crosses her legs uncrosses her legs rubs her legs sensuously against each other in pantyhose I don't know how that's sensuous mm. just thinking about the sound of it is making right. my teeth the clench f- she should have started she's a fire like, yeah, it was just like, oh, like she was, I guess, getting all sexy. So then they show the antenna go up. Mm-mm. And then they show the wiper fluid squirting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this, Porky? Right. Like, oh, my goodness. Yes. You, this is how you know a man wrote this crap. And this is how you know a man directed it. Because I'd have been like, why are we including this? This doesn't even make sense. And so then this brought up another question. Let's think about her feet. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Hey, show her feet. Why do women wear a darker shade of polish on their toes than on their fingers? I don't know because I don't. I don't. I don't. I, don't. I usually match. And if I don't match, there's a reason why. And what's on my hand is usually in the same color family as what's on my feet. But. Mm. But yeah, she had this dark red polish on her toes, but her nails were nude. And I'm like, I don't get it. Why? 
Because her... Is that, is that supposed to be sexy? Like, this, my feet are forbidden. And if you see them, ooh la la. I just forbidden. think it was random. <laughs> no, I've seen women in real oh, life who do this. Mm, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. I was... I didn't even focus on it. I was just so bothered by the whole seduction scene in the back of the car. I just, I was like, make this stop. I, I just need Me this too. to and stop right now. And it went right on now. for far too long. I was like, how many times did we see her un- cross and uncross her legs? Right. It, like, it, but it goes, because you know, like, in the, in the beginning of the movie, at the intro, when they were showing different shots of New York City, first they were showing, you know, they showed some establishing shots, and they showed a couple shots where um, different people, different people mm-hmm. from New York turned around. Like you could see the various um, ethnicities in New York. So they mm-hmm. turned to the side. But at the same time, then you start seeing all these women turn to the side. And you yep. start seeing the variety of legs walking back and forth or women in mm-hmm. high heels. And I was like, why is this happening? Right. Me too. That Like the ending shot for the intro, when it's like all those women turn, Cindy Crawford's one of them, and y'all turn and look at the camera. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And it just started to feel like this. I I always thought this was some kind of rom-com, but it really was like, obviously we wasn't a target market because we were kids. But at the same time, we definitely, as women, maybe we weren't a target market, even though this was a rom-com. Right. Hmm. So Vera's pretty aggressive. Pretty aggressive? (laughs) They get to the country house. She invites him in, shows him the place, talks about how um, she goes swimming to tone her body and does this to get fit. And I do all these things and he still cheats on me. And, you know, Brantley knows at this point, like, this is not the place I should be yet. He he don't leave. And um, she says, let's go swimming. And they both are in a pool and she dives under, rips his trunks off. She keeps pulling them under. She eventually takes her suit off and keeps pulling them over. uh, I'm pulling him under. And then eventually they have sex. It was so... No. (laughs) Like, that's the other thing I don't like about 80s movies. When they paint the older married woman as this horn dog who can't control herself. Right. Knowing that if a man were doing that stuff, everybody would be like, that's rape. Right. And you can't do that. I really feel like that was sexual assault. And he didn't say he was down for that. The thing was, she didn't have, probably didn't have to go through all of that. No. And it really, were you trying to convince me that Vera was unattractive and had to force herself on people? I think they were. When that wasn't the case, I was really I was confused about that. I'm like, why is why why is she so aggressive? Why is she not even listening to him when he says, "Hold on, let's slow down." Right. It was it was odd. Yeah. So after they had sex during the cabana, and Vera offers to have Howard give him a promotion, but he refuses, and he says he'll make it on his own. I'll fake it on and my then, own. Right. And of course, then somehow Howard decides to come to the country, which she had already said he never does. But he shows up and he's looking for her. And Brantley makes his quick escape. 
<laughs> and of course, gets chased by a dog because a dog, that happens like, in all the movies. All the movies. You jump out the window, them. jump over the fence, get chased by <laughs> and a dog. There's a dog. Yeah. You you can't be an '80s comedy without that happening. Without the dog, okay? Yeah, gotta happen. Or not? It all's not without almost without nearly being caught by the husband. The husband that she said that she wasn't expecting, but said he could come back any minute or he might not or yes! in a few hours. So, yeah, you know, <sighs> whatever. So he gets Howard gets in there and she's half naked and he's like, what are you doing in here? She's like feeling sexy or something. And he's like, yeah, what's for dinner? <laughs> and then she says, oh, Howard, you really know how to sweep a girl back onto her feet. <laughs> that was probably... One of the only funny lines <laughs> So, oh, and this is where they, they have the, they realize. So I don't know what suddenly makes Bradley decide to tell her, oh yeah, um, I'm your nephew. Well, because um, when Howard's walking down this big ass lawn, yeah. um, <laughs> he's like, that's my uncle. And yeah. He's not your uncle, so you're getting paranoid for nothing. And he keeps calling her Aunt Vera later. And, and it's like, just like, but you guys no, are like related. totally not related. Cut it out. Like, I am more related to people that I just right. met than you guys you are, are related not to. Related. Like, stop it. You got a better chance of being Melrose nephew than Howard, so cut <laughs> it out. It's, it's annoying. Just stop it. Is this name Melrose or Milrose? I, I think it's, remember. you know, I think it's Milrose. Milrose, okay. No, his name was Fred Melrose. You have it right. Oh, okay. I was just doing it wrong. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... I thought Melrose was his first name, so... <laughs> so, um, back at work, Brantley is thinking about how awful his life is because he has sex with his aunt. Yes. And... <laughs> And he still has his lowly job and he just wants more. He had the job for a week. And, <laughs> and Uncle Howard's running his company into the ground. It's so unfair. And he happens to be hanging out into in the in the empty office. But while he's hanging out, he's having all these flashbacks of the day before <laughs> when she said she was gonna ha- give get him a promotion. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. Flashbacks of the day before. Oh my god. Not even 24 hours. Like literally 12 hours before. He's having a flashback (laughs) of 12 hours before. Oh my god. He is sitting around boohooing about his awful (laughs) life after a week. (laughs) He was ready to go back to camp. Just go. Do us all a favor and go. At least it would make more sense. So while he's hiding out in this office that look it has glass doors I don't know why anybody doesn't know he's right. in there I don't know there are people in the offices on both sides of that office I don't know how no one knows this is happening anyway he's in the office hanging out and then the phone rings because Here's they never disconnected the phone <laughs> I was like, why was an extension still active why I know why was the phone still in the office there was no employee there I know situations where people Got fired, and everything was cut off. It was like you fired. Everything is off, off before they finished packing their box. <laughs> exactly. Your email is inactive. The extension is inactive. Oh Go my on. god! How was this phone still there? How was that extension still active? I don't understand. 
Okay. Look, I get that Howard is the boss, but he is not human resources. So <laughs> do people actually, when they fire someone, they don't see any, there's no maintenance that goes to do a sweep, you know, like I said. You would think. Take out all the important stuff. Make sure the person you fired didn't steal anything. <laughs> he should have stolen that phone. But I guess that wouldn't have mattered because we needed Brantley to answer this phone call. So Brandy gets an, a, a phone call from someone somewhere, because the guy never says where, um, regarding the approval for extra trucks for distribution in the Midwest. And Brantley talks him up to find out what's going on, and he approves them without giving his name. What well, the guy thinks he's Parker. Is Parker the guy who got fired? So nobody sent the memo to the <laughs> client that Parker right. is no longer with us. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Howard is on the roof jogging with his peons board. I don't know who the hell these people are. Planning to fire more people. Because that's what it's about. Right. We're not going to fix what's wrong with the company. We're just going to fire just people. Fire because he thinks it's going to be a, a hostile takeover. So we got to fire some people. If we fire some people, the guy won't take us over. Is that how it works? I, I didn't know that's how I, I it works. I if that's their goal. So fire some people and devalue the company to keep from being taken over? Is that what yeah, you Yeah, that do? makes no sense. I, I don't know. I'm saying the whole time, like, why was this store? Why would that make sense? Oh, and not just fire some people. Not just close one location. At least four. They're talking about closing several places. What? What? Okay. So, of course, after Brandy takes his phone call and he's feeling his balls drop, he is really excited oh, right. and decides he's going to, like, now convert this office into his space and create a new persona within the company. And he's got to get his suits. And what do we have time for, people? An 80s, An 80s montage. movie montage. Oh, we see him ordering stuff. Talking to people, introduce. Hello, good morning, good morning, goodbye. Hello, how are you? What's up? How you doing? And nobody say, hey, what you that mailman that just introduced himself to um, us last week? Because he didn't even wear no Who's glasses. Clark, like Kent? Clark Kent. I mean, what I'm is going on here? <laughs> At least Clark Kent wore glasses and took them off when he was Superman. I don't he know how suit. anybody. He thought. went from mailroom gray jacket to suit and everything. <laughs> oh my God, who is this new guy? <laughs> Who are you? Welcome aboard. Once again, where is human resources? Not the memo. We just hired Carlton Whitfield. Neat. And only, um, only the the um cowards um aide de camp. That's what I want to call him so bad. <laughs> you know <laughs> who Art Thomas? Yeah, he the only one is like, hey, who are you? And why are hey, you who here? The hell are you? What about you? I didn't get the memo. So. On his first day trying to, like, go get to this office. So, like, look, he calls, he calls maintenance and says, I need I need a nameplate on my door. He calls the stenal pool and says, I need a secretary ASAP. I'll send a requisition, which is just him delivering the requisition right. that he forged. Right. Um, he goes to the, 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 um, what do you call it? The, the the letter area and mm. tells them, hey, the new guy needs some letterhead and some office and some memo sheets. Get on that real fast. And, and this is all um, stuff that human resources 
takes care of. Tell me, Reese, this, why didn't somebody pick up the phone and go, help me resources? How the hell are you going to hire this new guy and not give us time to get everything together Wait. before you get here? What do you mean, new guy? We didn't hire anybody. <laughs> this one would have been over in five minutes. <laughs> no, what do you mean, new guy? I understand. At least 35 <laughs> minutes. Since it took him about 30 minutes, minutes to yeah. steal that off. Yeah. It took him, yeah, 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 yeah. So, Penrose may be victims of a hostile takeover. And they call, Art Thomas calls an emergency meeting. And because Brantley is trying to chat it up with her, thinking he's cute, he ends up in a meeting. And Chrissy suggests closing several distribution centers. Brantley quoting a memo that he should not have read, that nobody else read, but the guy who wrote it in Art Thomas opposes. And that's what Art Thomas is like, who the hell is you? Who are you? Why are you here? You don't go here. And then um, the meeting breaks up. I can't even remember why the meeting broke up. It's just really confusing. So then they show Brantley at his apartment this part really bothered this me. This part was uh, so unnecessary. They show Brantley in his apartment. His neighbors are having sex. And at a certain point, uh, you can hear them. They're loud. But the walls are probably thin. Because mm-hmm. like their bed is making his bed move. He decides he's going to conduct. Right. He gets a, like something as a wand and he's going to conduct their them having sex. Who? who uh, I want to know who approved this scene. I want to know who was like, this is a great scene. This is a great scene. I want to know if it was there the whole time or somebody said, you know what would be great? (laughs) Not even a little bit. There was nothing about that scene that told me anything. It's not like he knew the neighbors, you know. Exactly. It was was random. But it was also typical of 80s movies. Like, this was really like some... um, High class version of Porky's. I, I, it was, it was, ugh, it was stupid. unnecessary. It was a really unnecessary. Was unnecessary. Ugh. So at the same time, this is happening, or maybe the next day, who knows how time passes in the world of Secret of My Success? <laughs> Chrissy's at dinner with Howard, and she mentions that she brought up the cuts in the Midwest, but Carlton Whitfield said, no, you shouldn't do that. And Howard says, Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Kurt Winfield? I ain't heard nobody named no Kurt Winfield. And then he says he must be a spy from Davenport. Let me tell you, how a spy in Davenport getting in there without human resources and Howard knowing about it? Nobody um, knows when new Car- hires come how in. How is Brantley getting there? Brantley doing it, so like, you tell me how. Think about it, Howard. Only one person was hired this week. Who could it exactly. be? Use your brain, Howard. What are you confused about? Oh, my God. <sighs> <Ugh>. Okay. <laughs> so, he tells Christy to keep an eye on him. Christy's version of keeping an eye on him is to go into his office while he's not there. Because you know why he's not there? He's at his real job, <laughs> which is pushing a mail cart. Okay? That's why he's not there. Nobody questions why this guy's never at his desk. Nobody. At least Radigan is questioning why Brantley is never where he's supposed to be. But nobody questions Carlson ever. Come on. Makes no sense. 
So he gets, he's in another meeting. How, they don't know who he is. How is he invited to every meeting? How is he constantly in meetings? But okay, wait a minute. But all of us are here. What meeting is he in? <laughs> I don't understand. What is this guy doing? <laughs> who is he? Why is he it's always here Redfield. but never here? I don't understand. <laughs> he really is Superman. He's never the same. That's what I don't get. In a world where Superman exists, because I'm going to assume Superman exists in this secret of my success world. In a world where Superman exists, how can you see somebody not be around when somebody else is always around? Right. And not go, they're the same person. Right. They gotta exactly. be. They gotta be the same person. So, they're in a meeting talking and Howard decides he's going to come into the meeting. And Brantley's about to get caught. And just before he can get caught, he fakes a nosebleed and runs out. And Howard, Howard doesn't recognize the haircut. The haircut or the voice, I don't care how muffled it was, or... it's still your nephew. <laughs> like, are you serious? Are you serious? Oh, are you serious? He just stands there dumbfounded. <laughs> so then uh, he can't catch up with him. So he's like, oh, well, I just gotta go back to this meeting. Yeah. Pretend like, uh, like, not like, there were not many places he could have gone. How about you check a door or two? How about you call security? How about yeah. you call How human you call resources security? and get his home address? <laughs> you just said you didn't hire him. How about you call human Why resources? Why have we done any kind of investigation to figure out where this dude came from? <laughs> Maybe he did call human resources and they said, we didn't hire him. So that means you go to office 4319 where everybody know he is. <laughs> And you find um, talk to the secretary or something. Wait for him. Whew. Oh my god! So Brantley's working late. Oh, Carlton, I'm sorry. Carlton's working late, and Christy is working late. And she bumps into him, and she's like, "Convince me now why he had to convince her when she ain't nobody. Right. Convince me that." We should expand rather than cut jobs. So they spend all night talking about it and they're still arguing or whatever. And they decide to go to dinner because her blood sugar is low. And there are no vending machines in that big old building. She doesn't take an apple to work. 30,000 employees, no cafeteria, no vending machine. Yes. And no one packs so much. Right. Okay. okay. She ate hours ago. She's working late. Rachel, please suspend reality for I, a, a, a mere a, hour a. and a half. You've never kept candy bar or something at your desk just in um, case. I have two. I have two candy bars <laughs> in my desk. <coughs> a, um, um, a container of dried fruit. I usually keep granola bars. I keep all sorts of stuff in there. I don't know what her problem you is. No, I guess if the they did have a cafeteria. She'd keep like a fruit bowl or something, you know. Somebody, nobody keeps uh, whatever. Belvita, you got a Belvita in your. You don't even honey. need a refrigerator like, for Belvita because it's not cheese. I said, I said Belvita. <laughs> no, it was that didn't exist in 1987. <laughs> I'm just being cheeses. I see some cheeses. Some back cheeses. Here. Why does she have some cheeses? Some potato chips. So they go out to the restaurant where Mercedes Roll works. And instead of bread on the table, they have bagels. I need to go to this Me restaurant too. ASAP. Me too. I want a bagel. I want a bagel sitting on my table. Mm-hmm. 
Preferably in everything, bagel. Mm, Thank you very much. I'll pass on that one. Raisin, plain. What? You have not had... Look, you need to come over here on my neck of the woods and go to Bialy's. It's not an everything, bagel. They have an everything. This one is... What's sort of like an everything? It's called a mishmash. Mm-hmm. It'll set your world on fire. Nice plug there. <laughs> <laughs> set your world on fire. I love it. I don't have to do it. <laughs> so, they end up talking a lot. And Mercedes Rule says they're a cute couple and ask how long they've been together. Um, people who work in in um restaurants or retail or whatever, don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. And maybe people don't nowadays, but I think that that seems like a pretty eighties thing to do. Don't do that. That's not cute. If I say I'm not with this person, don't keep going on about how I should be with them. All right. And then he uses this as his impetus for imp- impetus impetus mm-hmm. whatever. Why they should be together. Oh, the waitress well, approves, so let's do this. Ugh. We should be together. Did you hear her say we should be together? And she's like, um, nah, I'm good. And he's like, no, but the waitress said we should be together. He was very, um, stalker The waitress said the well, soup I mean, was like, good, and it wasn't, so we're not going to believe her. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> they end up hanging out all weekend. Now, I couldn't tell, but it, like, for sure, but it looked like they hung out all weekend in the same clothes. I know, right? <laughs> but yet, they were, like, all over the city well, on ferries. And where did they go? Where did, where, I mean... They took a ferry from here to there and everywhere. So, they basically pull, stayed up all weekend? I mean, I don't get it. Yes, that's what they say. Like, they stayed up all weekend, kissing each other on the ferry. All right. Here's Here's a question I have. And maybe you're not the right person to ask. Why do people on movies, and I, I assume this is a movie thing, if people are doing this in real life, I'm going to have to clunk heads together. <laughs> Why do they rub noses before they kiss? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is happening? Is that, is that how you know waters. mating season is here? Like, what does that mean even? They just kept doing it. And I'm like, what? That would make my nose itch. And I'd be like, look, you're either going to kiss me or you get on my face. You wouldn't even, once you rubbed my, my nose one time, be like, look, that was awkward. Look, I don't want to do this anymore. Take yeah. me home. Look, I'd rather clunk teeth than right. rub noses. Like, what are we, Eskimos? Right. It's just so, it's so awkward and weird. I don't get it. They did a bunch of times. Like, every time before they kissed, they would just rub. Ah. I think she was rubbing his nose to prevent the kiss. Maybe. Get away from me. (laughs) But they do end up sleeping together. uh, My question after it happened. Where? On the ferry? (laughs) The ferry? Not in his apartment because she would have found him out. (laughs) This what kills me. I swear it was his apartment. It looked like his junky ass apartment. It just didn't make any sense to me. But you're right. It can't be his apartment because then she would realize. Well, no, I mean, I guess you could be the type of home. home. Because I don't have no money. It's, I pay. I spend my money on my suits. You know how it is. The same brown suit you always got. I don't think so. Um, hello, hello. You should have sold that ticket to mm-hmm. get another suit. So back at work on Monday. So wait a minute. I'm sorry. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So obviously he's still only pulling the mailroom paycheck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
how is what? he able to spend the weekend on the ferry and keep how is he able to keep I'm up sure the this? ferry only costs like a how song. is he able to keep this up with, with making and the mailroom must make a nice piece of change okay i'm sorry well, I mean, it's not like he took her to a fancy dinner. He took her to a spot that has bagels on the table. <laughs> How much could that cost? <laughs> he didn't splurge. And that's the only place he, like took he took her. her. He took her to one meal. He didn't meal. take her to... No, and she said Jean Dutch. George. Or... She, said, she took Dutch. She didn't say Dutch, see? He didn't take her to Jean George or W or whatever no. the hell these fancy places are called. Tribeca. He took her to the spot on the corner with bagels on the table. And then rode her probably... on the ferry on the same fare that they had. They... Exactly. <laughs> they never got off. He spent a dollar sixty. Hello. Right. Oh, good job, good job. <laughs> Actually, he spent eighty cents because she paid her for her own <laughs> ferry ticket. <laughs> we gotta go Dutch. We must go Dutch. That's my eighty cents, sir. <laughs> this was to... <laughs> this is the ferry goes right to her house. I mean like did they walk to your house? Did they catch a cab? Did they, did they split that? Fa- ah, so many questions. It makes no sense. So back at work, she runs into Howard. And he asks her where she's been all weekend. Why haven't you been answering my phone calls? <laughs> and she says, Howard, we never should have done this. And it's over. Nothing I don't get it. Outside of work. What? <laughs> he Look, Brantley put it down. <laughs> Bradley worked it out. Bang, 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 bang. Okay. <laughs> he changed her life. Okay? He changed her life. It was just what she needed to get out of this relationship with this married man that she was so unsure of all this time. But never showed she was okay. unsure. And I'm going to go back a little bit. While she was talking to Bradley on the ferry, she was like, this happens with people who work together on a project. They confuse, you know, the work with the, an emotional entanglement. And they might start something that they shouldn't. I, it's happening to me right now. And this is not a good idea for us. So that's what happened with her and Howard. Yeah, she's going to do it again with Carlton? Girl. But they're not working together on a project, are they? She's spying on him. Look, that's what she said. I'm like, my first thought was, what project y'all working on now? What are you talking now? about? Just, he opposed your idea. Like, I don't understand. Y'all, for, as far as I know, y'all not even in the same part of the company. Having a discussion on whether or not your idea is better than his idea. Exactly. That is not a project. But see, yeah, it is. See, apparently in some companies, just being in the same meeting means you're working <sighs> on the same project. Okay. That's how it works. We don't know. See? We don't know about that big business. Okay. So Howard is upset that she's breaking it off. And he invites her. <laughs> he invites her to lunch. Because she breaks up with him over the phone. She didn't have to. Why you going to do it in his face? What is wrong with you? <laughs> she don't like messy breakups, Rachel. She don't have time for all that emotion. <laughs> so he comes to her office and he tells her that Vera and here, they're doing it. They're going to go ahead and get divorced. <laughs> he takes her to lunch and he t- <laughs> he takes her to lunch. And he, then he, like, he had the most somber voice. <laughs> We're getting a divorce and here's a letter from Davenport. Look, Davenport sent a letter of his intent of a hostile takeover. Look, 
Davenport got to be the most respectful. <laughs> I've never heard of somebody doing a hostile takeover via a letter. Dear CEO, on a be on the lookout. <laughs> no. I'm about to buy up all your stuff. Dear CEO, for whom it may concern. This is your warning. Prepare. <laughs> I will be there on this date to discuss terms. I'm not giving Look. you a week to go ahead and save yourself. <laughs> That's about how long it took the letter to get there. Look, I don't know a whole lot about hostile takeovers. I know about two. This one and the one on Pretty Woman. And he did not... <laughs> Richard Gere did not send a letter saying he was going to do a hostile takeover. He just, he just hostily took it over. Hey, it's mine now. Who does this? No one. You know how nice you got to be to send a letter before you do it. So. Hey, 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 how you doing? How you? I can imagine a letter. Dear CEO. Hi. How are you? Fine, I hope. <laughs> I'm well. I'm ready to let you know that I will be taking over your company on May 17th. Have a great day. Oh, like, and never <laughs> mind me making filings with the SEC to get approval from the government. I'm just going to do it. Because he wrote a nicely worded letter. That's all it takes. Apparently. We're overthinking it. So, um, he, Howard, has invited all key members, board members. I don't even know who we, he just said, I've invited all key people. Like, who the hell is that? Clearly at the mailroom, I guess. Mm-hmm. He invited all key members at work to his house for the weekend to discuss the Davenport hostile takeover. And, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. You're in a panic. The cur- the company is in a crunch. Let's go to the country instead of For let's just go to the office and work through the weekend. For the yep, the work. No, we just gonna go <laughs> have, play squash and drink some champagne. And That's have why you can't take it over. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually do work. Okay, so. He, he tells her, like, I want you to come, and um, I want you to keep an eye on Carton Whitfield. No, they... no he just wanted... No, 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 no. He want her to come. I was reading my notes mm-hmm. wrong. And then he says, but by the way, um, who were you with this weekend? And she says, I was with Carlton Whitfield. <laughs> and then, like, you could see, you could fry an egg on his head. He was so upset. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brantley... So she goes back to work and she looks somber and mm, like she's really like somebody stole her Barbie doll or something. <laughs> and Bradley walks up and is totally inappropriate know, right? in the workplace and says, excuse me, ma'am, you look like somebody who was well, made love to very well this weekend. In the middle, in the middle like, this wasn't office. even in her office. It, this was like in the hallway in front of somebody else's door. Like I was just like, dude, one. I'm so confused. Half the people in that building know you as Carlton. The other half know you as Brantley. You right. might get busted, and you're exactly. walking around all cocky because mm-hmm. you just lost your virginity or something. No, no, because you yeah, did that exactly. with Vera. So <laughs> exactly, I just don't get it. What is your deal? That's him being smug. I said smugness. I said foster smugness. That is, that is smug. <laughs> he, he is definitely smug. She put so her job on the line. Her. She could get in trouble. She's been yep. there longer than exactly. him. Exactly. 
he's not there. He was, I mean, I, she she just had sex with the mailroom clerk. That, right. <laughs> so she is a, he's about to tell her the truth. She seems like she's about to tell him that she stole his paper and then Eddie Arcadian sees him. So then he's running from Eddie Arcadian. This should have been her clue. Why is he running why is from he Eddie Arcadian? Her? I don't understand why he's doing this. And why is he but, running but, to the, the one and a half floor down the right. spiral steps and then <laughs> back up that? the steps? What why are you running a freaking circle? Was this movie shot in the same building as um, boomerang. Because didn't they have a spiral like yeah, that? Yes, yes. I wonder who it was. Sense. I'm gonna look into that. It made no. It sense. made no sense. So he's running from. And the one thing I will say is Michael J. Fox was so good at physical mm-hmm. comedy. He was very good at it. And so was Eddie Arcadian because when he took that trip yeah, down was. the steps, <laughs> I was like, "How's it okay to let this man down the stairs?" Right. I'm not so only confused. did you knock him, trip him, but you knocked down the dude on the ladder and the dude that was under <laughs> you. So three people went tumbling down. <laughs> and everybody okay with this? What? I mean, what? how do you explain this to workers' compensation? I mean, I don't get right. it. Right. Well, HR ain't doing their job right. anyway, so I don't know what you're talking They're about. They like who? Who feel? We don't know them. sorry that was hilarious (sighs) so as he's running Brantley like after the trip he runs into Howard's office and Vera's there and she decides he runs into don't he run into Carlton's office and Howard is there and tells him to you're take right, the paper. You're right. You're right. Have you, have you ever met yep, this you're guy? Right. Yes, of course. And he, you're you know, right. he, he grills him, and then he has him take mm-hmm. paperwork back to his office. And Vera office. is in Howard's office. You're absolutely right. That's exactly how it happened. So Vera is singing him a medley of songs about how she's in love with him, or in love with his body, in love with the sex. In her husband's know. office. In her husband's office. But it's it's very sexy the way she's coming on to him and I don't understand how come he does not want, know what to do in the face of a woman who's trying to seduce him like he's all awkward and ah, stop it and she's chasing him around and crawling all he over make her look so desperate. he made her look so desperate and like they get caught with him he's on the couch and she, like laying stomach like face down on the yeah. couch and she's on his back and that's when Howard walks in Oh, let me go back. As she's like grabbing his tie and his suspenders and trying to rip his clothes off, he says, I don't want to get rough with you, but I'll belt you around if I have to. What? And, and she was down with it. I'm so confused. Well, she overpowered him. Like when he said that, she like pushed him like, come on, dude. For real? I'll kill you with my thighs. Just stop it. All right. So they get caught and their explanation to Howard about what happened, how, you know, why they're in a position makes no damn sense. Not but at all. He buys it because he got a one track mind and his that track is on Christy. Right. So, and Vera has him invite Carlton Brantley, whoever the hell, mm-hmm. to the company party that weekend. Okay. So, is this in the office? This must be, oh, oh, oh. Howard calls Brantley to talk to him and they're like working out together and stuff and he's like, um, Vera has taken a shine to you. She seems to really like you. I want you to work with that. Mm-hmm. And Brantley's like, what? 
And he's like, I want you to stay close to her this weekend. Keep her occupied because I got a little sad piece and I need to like, you know, <laughs> she she getting an, she getting antsy. <laughs> I got to solidify it. She want me to leave my wife, but I ain't trying to leave my wife in no sad piece. You know what I'm so... saying? Because my wife got that money and the sad piece, she ain't got right. all that. She's just a piece. So, so you, I need you to, yeah, <laughs> you take care you of You keep that. my wife, right. You keep care, you keep my wife satisfied. Do what you occupied. need to do. Yeah, what I do with this. <laughs> I don't care if she your aunt. You go ahead and take care of that. What I do with this? I don't care if she. I don't care to see my wife. <laughs> right, I don't care if she's my wife. You take care of that, oh so I can work this one. And Bradley's like, yeah, okay, because he, because him going to the party is perfect, because then he could be with Christy, because he don't know the truth yet. So at the party, Vera's telling him, "I'm gonna introduce you to all these money men, the same people who I introduced Howard to, to got him where he is." And I'll, I'll get you there. With their help, I'll get you where you need to be. And so he spends the time while Howard and Art Thomas and Christy and uh, uh, all that gang, the whole gang are talking about the takeover. Because now Christy is like, I agree with Carlton. <laughs> because I love him. <laughs> I agree. Now they're really arguing about what should happen. <laughs> I love how easily they Cal- fall in love in 80s movies. Oh my God. It's so very easily. Bradley is spending that whole time talking to Money Man and I at the gazebo, and I guess he's like really compelling, and because everybody's buying it. And at some point, people come from all over to see hear him, and he's got his foot up on the whatever right. and looking very and he was presidential. Like, that was the best episode of Tom and Jerry. He actually said, <laughs> "Don't you believe it?" And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What could he have been saying? Like, I don't get it. Then everybody had to hear it. Cat is going to kill people, me. I used that people, line in a podcast last week. That's a, look, that's the best line. Oh don't you believe it. Look, people stop playing croquet just to go. Just to go listen to this. I don't understand what you're talking clerk. about. <laughs> go listen to the Farm milk boy. Clerk. Farm boy mail clerk. Yeah, oh, because they yeah. knew him as the friggin' mail clerk. So I don't understand. Ugh. Anyway. So, um, after the meeting, after the meeting about the merger or whatever com- um, concludes, Howard at the buffet table approaches three different men who work for him within one feet of each other to ask where Christy is. <laughs> I mean, Howard, could you be more Did obvious? You know, right? I mean, people may not have known you two was banging, but, but they I know think now. Now they do. Because you just I put, a, you just, the cat um, put up a back. billboard and let everybody know. You just, right, you just put her name straight in the mud, sir. I hope you're happy. And she does a good job of avoiding him, but she spends some time, some time with Carlton kissing in the bushes and such. I understand. <laughs> Look. I think we're going to... I know that we've been saying that a lot throughout this podcast. I think we weren't meant to understand. <laughs> she don't have a problem so with just sneaking night. around. No. She was with Howard. Of course she has no problem she sneaking around. With, uh, wait, she's I don't been understand. doing... Now she broke but up she's with Howard. She don't have to around. sneak around with Carlton. She should be asking Carlton, why are we hiding in the bushes? Car- yeah, Carl, why are we in the bushes? I'm so confused. So... It's nighttime. 
And you know what that means. Nighttime shenanigans with the musical rooms. All they needed was Benny Hill music. All right. But instead, they used, oh, yeah. Bow, bow. They should have went with Benny Hill music. Then I would have preferred the Benny Hill music. If, and speed everybody up. And speed them up. Everybody yeah. run real fast. Get the scene over So, with. Howard leaves his room looking for Christy. Christy leaves her room looking for Carlton. Brantley leaves his room looking for Christy. Vera leaves her room looking for Brantley. And every time one sees another person, they all, like, the men never see each other. No, the men never see the women. But, how, how am I explaining it? <laughs> the, men, the men never see the women and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But, but I said, like, the women would see each other and then bounce back like <gasps> and hide or whatever. So... You know, Christy ends up in Art Thomas's room and he's looking on like, what the hell is going on? Because he sees all this sneaking around. Uh, Brantley ends up in Christy's room and he locks the door. She's not there, but he finds his files in her room. When Howard gets to her room, he tries to open the door, but it's locked. What does he do? That's not a no for Howard. He finds the key. And breaks into her room with the intent to, I guess, convince her that they should continue their relationship. So as he comes in, Brantley dies under the under the covers, and you know Howard's all, "Oh baby, like oh, we should be together. Don't worry, I'm getting a divorce." And then Brantley's like, "Oh yeah," like he reveals it's him and not her. But then she's coming in the room, so they both hide under the cover. And then as they're gonna get ready to leave, she comes out. And then Vera walks in. This is the slut you've been banging or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just... it was What should have been a, an actual comedy of errors was more like, why well, is this just, yes. What is going on here? So Carlton and Carlton Brantley and Vera spent quite a few, a number of times calling Christy a slut. It's like, um, um, Brantley, you knew she was messing with a married man. When you, exactly. when you got involved with exactly. her. Exactly. So now she's a slut. But he, he, he does say she's a slut because he felt like she was uh, doing James Bond with him because she stole his files. And that's, she slept with him just to get the files. And she's like, no, I set the files before we even did anything. Right. But he kept calling her a slut. I would say this. That's one thing I've always remembered about this movie, if nothing else. That he kept calling her a slut. And I've always, my whole life, felt like why are you calling her a slut? Right. She didn't do anything. And the, and the way um, all three of them ganged up on her. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What? what is going on here? I'm like, what the hell? It was... Ugh. I mean, yeah, Howard, was... Howard, I'm a practically got his um, chin sitting on Vera's shoulder and Brantley yeah. leaning on Howard. It's like a family portrait and it's slut, yep. slut, 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 slut. And I'm like, what? Well, Bimbo. I forgot. It was Bimbo they used. Bimbo but that's still. still slut. And I was, I just felt like crap. Like, why are you calling her these names? Like, she's not doing anything different than the three of you have done. Right. Like, uh, Brantley, you sat with your aunt. Hello? So, Monday comes and both Brantley and Chrissy are fired. <laughs> kind of saw that coming. Mm. Uh, the core question is, is Bradley fired from the mailroom job? <laughs> or, or from, or from, or yeah, from the corporate The executive job. level job. Yeah, I don't know. Who got fired, Bradley or Carlton? Right. 
Brantley and Christy are in the art in the elevator arguing about whose fault it is and who's the worst person. But before they can get to the ground floor, they're in there kissing. I would love to know what, what happened. Conversation what conversation happened to is. turn it around? I mean, come yeah, on. What? So they come up with a plan. They go back upstairs and they find Jean and Melrose and tell them, we need your help. We have a plan. We need a male clerk and a secretary to make this succeed. Yes, because look, <laughs> And can't nobody get this plan taken care of like a male clerk and a secretary. I'm just telling you, that's how, roll. That's how we roll. It's got to be a male clerk and a secretary every time we do this. Because they know what's up. So, Davenport is in town. Or in the building. He's in the building. He's he ready to make this town. happen. He's in the building with his crew. And he's ready to go ahead and do the takeover. And that doesn't seem Howard's very hostile. ready to give in as long as... <laughs> He's not hostile. He sent a letter of intent. That is not hostile. They're about to negotiate who keeping your jobs. They're negotiating. He's going to let them, he's going to let the upper levels who are there keep their jobs. The ones who helped him. But before they can finalize, the ones who helped him, right. Before they can finalize, Brantley, Jean, Melrose, and Christy come in. And Brantley drops the bombshell that he bought 5% of Davenport Enterprise and he bought him out. And who helped him? The very men who Vera introduced him to. Because that's so How did logical. they make all this happen? Right. How did they make all this happen? Turns out Vera is the Penrose of Penrose Corporation. And she's a new chair- chairperson that owns 51% of their stock. So she fires Howard and Art. And puts Brantley, Chrissy, Melrose, and Jean on the board. That because makes that 100% sense to put the male clerk and the secretary and her boy toy on the board <laughs> and forgive the woman who was sleeping with your husband oh my god you hear that clicking right that's the sound of my head beating <laughs> to my my laptop <laughs> and the, the three men that invested the money ain't look at her at her like what the hell just happened <laughs> Revenge plot. You supported a revenge plot monetarily. Are you proud? Oh my god. <laughs> so how it ends. And this is funny that they do this because I think wasn't it Matt the other day who said she likes movies to tell or was that car, or was that cat who said they like movies to tell you what happened Great. to people afterwards? And this doesn't oh, spell it out. One of them. But they show they show a scene. They show scenes. Apparently, Vera and Melrose are... Are that couple now because he said some, she flirted with him and he flirted back. All right, let's get married. <laughs> Look, nobody said marriage. They just said it just looks like they're dating. Melrose, she done went and bought him some suits and some Vitalis Mel- and they Melrose. are a couple now. <laughs> Look, Melrose. Look, sir, she's hot and she got money. She banged your friend though. Like... Ugh. I don't and know. your boss. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. Um, Brantley and Christy are engaged. They it. They the it couple it. of Penrose. Yeah. And they just they're all going to a um, poor little the opera. Um, uh Jean is at home watching oh. the cats. 
We couldn't get her somebody <laughs> and, and let her come to right, the party. Right. She put her and on Eddie the board Arcadian and said, is now the head of transportation? Dang. Eddie Arcadian is a driver. I don't understand. All right. Wait, so going, is that a demotion? That looks like, I mean, that, what the heck? Right. I was, I was wondering the same thing. So they they're go to the opera and they they show everybody running up the stairs, but Christy and Brantley break off and they're walking down this like long hall and he, somehow he's ahead of her and he sits on a balcony ledge I know, right. so he can kiss her from a higher position. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in his Air Force uh, Ones. And why the hell this dude got on the tux in Air Force Ones? I was, I was very upset about that. I hate when men do crap Me like too. that. You've been wearing a suit like, and dress shoes the whole doggone movie. Right, and now you got on Air Force Ones. It, but I, you know what I also hate? Like when, when these um, male celebrities go to like premieres and stuff mm-hmm. and they're with their female the, their female co-stars who are glammed up. Even if it's not like a long gown, they have on like this nice dress with these nice little chichi shoes, hair all did, and they come up the air with like uh, a seersucker shirt on <laughs> with jeans a and A bow tie and, and t-shirt. <laughs> yeah! That's, that, that pisses me off. You just don't understand. Like I can't... Oh. I hate it so much. Sorry. Rant over. Okay. You want to take a quick break? Um, no, let's ride Good it out. You. Okay, riding it out. Do you want to talk about the trivia? Okay. Of this movie? Let's talk about the trivia. Okay, <laughs> so the original script was about a young man working for his uncle and falling in love with his uncle's pr- prostitute. <laughs> Universal executive Frank Price called in Jim Cash and Jack Epps to rewrite the script in eight weeks. It's been like an eight-week rewrite. And um, they changed um, Christy Willis from a prostitute to a mistress and added a complication with Aunt Vera. Prostitute, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Okay. (laughs) Christy McNichol was Herbert Ross's original choice for the lead actress. She was fired two weeks before filming because fears because fears she might be difficult to work with due to her bipolar disorder. What? Yeah, isn't that terrible? Get out of here. That's terrible. Yeah, it upsets me so much. Um, sidebar. I love Christy McNichol. Right. If I'm honest, I had a girl crush on her when I was younger. Right. Uh, love me. That I is, her. you I know, so much. the 80s, man. But, you know, yep. and that's, that's, I'm sorry. Um, Michael J. Fox and Helen Slater's kissing scenes require a, a lot of height adjustments because Fox was much shorter than her. And you can see it. Like, there's one scene in the elevator mm-hmm. where he's leaning over mm-hmm. her. She looked like she's actually slouching <laughs> against the wall. <laughs> I was like, does that hurt? Does that pain her? It has to hurt. It has to. They didn't have well, to. They didn't have any lifts. At least they have in lifts in most scenes, like, you know, a lot of other actors. Right. But, you know, you know, when they, oh, on <coughs> L.A. Law, that, that, the couple where the woman was taller, mm-hmm. they just dealt with it. Sometimes the exactly. woman is taller than the man. Get over exactly. it. But like I said, I, when I first read this, this was before I watched it again, I was like, oh, man, does that mean he's in, like, and lifts in a lot of scenes, or they have her standing in a hole. But as they're walking down the street, no, she was just taller than she him. She was just taller because they're it. at the end of the. So I'm, gl- at I'm the, glad. At the, in the elevator scene, towards the end, and she they standing face to face, and he gets on his tiptoes to make himself. You can see it, and he smiles see, I, about it. I appreciate it. that. Huh? I appreciate that. Right. I, said, I appreciate that. That's so because uh, sometimes you're right. Sometimes the woman is a taller right, one. Get over you know? it. Um. 
Okay, and um, then we got the picture that has often been often been likened to, by critics to an audience to how to succeed in business without really trying. And I have to be honest, I, I thought of that. Um, I've never seen that because for various reasons. I mean, the only similarity <laughs> I can think of is guy going into a corporation to succeed. I don't remember anything else differently. I only saw it once, and that was before high school. It reminded me of um, Working Girl. Yeah. It was a, lo- a little Working Girl type stuff, so, yeah. Except but I can see this from, realistic. Just from the commercials or clips I've seen of How to Succeed, mm-hmm. I can see why people would say that. But yeah, so that was the secret of my success. So let me ask you, does it hold up? No, not really. I'll ask you both. Does it hold up and will you watch it again? I don't think it holds up because it's just, just the music and everything is so dated. It would hold up if the storyline made more sense because how to succeed in business without really trying holds up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's dated. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this story was just so. The prostitute story probably would have been easier to believe. Been... Oh my god, it'd be more much more interesting too. So, but would I watch it again? It wasn't horrible. I did sit there. I was, you know, there are some movies where I actually took it out and didn't finish it and just did the podcast with y'all. I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm not finishing this. But I did <laughs> watch this to the end. And if it will, I. Run to the library and get a copy? No. Will I buy it? No. If I'm sitting here and it's on whatever random channel that shows it, because I'm I highly doubt HBO will show it, but whatever. And, and there's nothing else on. Yes, while I'm on Twitter, I'll keep. <laughs> Why you doing something else? <laughs> I'll watch it. Oh, Secret of My Success is on. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> I'll watch it. I enjoyed Michael J. Fox. I enjoyed. It's just that the story, if the storyline made a little bit more sense, I'd say I'm not gonna say any. I, I, it seemed like I said a lot of negative things about it. Just the storyline didn't make sense. But I, to me, and you know, I know y'all get mad at me, but it's just par for the course for '80s movies. A lot of movies in the '80s, the storyline made no sense. '80s movies are hit or miss. Mm-hmm. People probably say most are, but 80s movies really are. Because the 80s, and, and like they say this one of the trivia things, that this was just one of a bunch of movies made about yuppies. Mm-hmm. 80s was really big on, this is hot, let's make 17 movies right. about it. Like, just like Breakdancing was hot, so they made Break It, Electric Boogaloo, um, Beat Street, you know Beat Street, rapping. Crush, <laughs> then, then Crush Groove, and then rapping came like, this is hot, this niche is hot, right. let's just make 15,000 movies about it. And people will get sick of it. I mean, um, this was a well acted movie, and if the if the if the storyline made more sense, it it could have been a great movie. For them to have Michael J. Fox, Robert Jordan, Richard and Jordan. Margaret Witten, Richard Jordan, and um Margaret Witten, Margaret mm-hmm. Witten, and to not do more, right? Even let's throw let's throw John Pankow in there, right? Like you, let's throw Helen Slater in there. They could have done so much more. You had a great cast. And, I mean, is there more on the cutting room floor? I mean, did I do I need to look at the DVD case and see if there's some cut scenes that... Right. <clears throat> well, they said it was, there was supposed to be a sequel, and then it never came through. But you tell me whatever I need to know in the first one, then we'll talk about right. a sequel. And it was successful. It made a lot of mm-hmm. money. But it made a lot of money off of Michael J. Fox. Not off of it being a good story. Right. 
Now, I don't I agree with you. It does not hold up for every reason that you stated. The soundtrack, the soundtrack is whack. Everything about it looks old. And like you said, I can watch movies from 1945 and they still look great. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's 1945, but they don't look old and dated. This looks dated as hell. Um the storyline is garbage. Like I I just kept watching it going, is this really what it's about? And like for it to be about that one thing, it seemed like it was trying to be about other things or like, it was just really confusing how things were happening on it. I'm like, I don't understand why this would be a focal point right now. And not even the love story. Because he did say he wanted to fall in love. That's fine. The love story is, this is one rare time where I'm not like, because usually I'm like, why does it have to have a love story in it? This is one rare time where I'm not questioning it i do question how it was found right i question how fast it happened i question um vera's behavior right i question howard's behavior like there were so many things that made me i'm gonna go why howard's why can we have can we expand on that howard's behavior was more believable than vera's behavior yeah there was a lot of also in the 80s there was a lot of women being cheated on so let me stalk yeah young younger man. right right um it was i would have preferred her if she being even if she was that aggressive i'd prefer if she was that aggressive but had clearly already had multiple partners right her right and her aggressiveness is just how she is with every right man. not that she's just so hard up. right because like i said they just made her look desperate i could deal with the storyline if there was more of an effort to find out who he was during the course yep. of the yep you know, and he just had good, better, just some decent ways of slipping out. But I, if if there was just, if you could see Howard or Art just calling personnel and being like, well, who is this dude? Right. Or even um, Eddie Arcadian following him sooner. Right. Or his friend busting him sooner. Or, or um, Christy. So asking, where'd you come from? What did you do before this? Right. What company did you work at? If look this look, I'm about to rewrite part of this. If Melrose had just found out sooner, Melrose could have been the reason why he was able to hide it. Thank all. you. Yes, or Jean, you know, always yep. seeing him changing Bring clothes, always clothes, changing it's... clothes, and not, <laughs> and, and then exactly. saying, "Look, what can I do?" Because she could be the one that okay, he's not in the office. She could be the one that, yep. that keeps making excuses for him not being there. But exactly. she's never even there when somebody comes looking for him. Mm-hmm. It's very... It, 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 I think what they were trying to do was have him be this small-town guy who wanted to be... He wanted to do this particular thing that he studied in New York because that was the place to do it. I mean, like, I don't know where any other place he could have gone besides New York. And I'm sure he probably could have gone he, to Kansas City or some a big city or a bigger city. I'm sure he could have... I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying, like, I understand why this happened. And it felt like, especially once they introduced the whole idea of you don't talk to suits unless they talk to you. I felt like their whole point was, well, he's this, he's this um, farm boy who wants to be big and have money, but he still likes the common man. He doesn't understand why this division exists because he was very nice to Gene. Right. He was very. He was still nice to Melrose. He was still nice to the lady who did the um the memos and stuff like who who did the letterhead. He was nice to everybody. How? So it wasn't about and and then what uh, Melrose kept saying, if you become a suit, you're gonna change. And then like he did it. So it was like, 
it was like, I feel like that was supposed to be the point. Like, you can rise up, but not change who you are. But they never really expounded right. on that. And what would have made it a little more interesting is if he had become friends with one of the suits. Maybe the guy that Art yep. kept on putting down. They had to become friends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then that mm-hmm. guy felt betrayed, but forgave him faster than everybody else. Yep. That, yep. that Maybe he could have found out. And then he could have facilitated some of the Right, because he wanted them, them. them out. Because he was happy when the company got taken over. So he would right. have been happy to help them do this. Right. It was his memo that proved Carlton's point. So he exactly. could have, I mean, it could have been one guy, you know, one guy that's not a suit, one guy that is a suit on his side, mm-hmm. plus his secretary, you know. And in Working Girl, she had people helping mm-hmm. her with this ruse. And he should have mm-hmm. had somebody helping him, you know. Yep. I agree. Hey, um, trying to find her name. Jim Cash and Jack X Jr. Uh, we rewrote it. Yes. Makes much Feel more sense now. Feel free to make it again and make it right. <laughs> and give us our money. I don't mind. I, I don't mind. There's a lot of stories where people, all, all through the history of films, where people leave a small town and go to New York City to make it big. So I don't mind that trope. I just mind once you get them to New York, you just drop the ball. Right. It's like they forgot who the, who the character was that, that was even right. Writing. It's very confusing. So, it's like that 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 five week rewrite made them forget what the hell right, the story was about. Right. So you know, you to me, you just writing the prostitute out. How hard was it to write the prostitute into? Uh, um, there must have been a whole story of listen a whole arc about the prostitution part. And don't even make her okay. So you wrote her from prostitute to executive. Why couldn't you just make her? Howard's secretary. Why couldn't you still make her? Why did she have to work in the business? Oh, right. Watch the way the prostitute went to work in the business. Mercedes rule character. Right. The prostitute wouldn't work in the business. She could have just been his mistress. Right. Period. So. And quite frankly, Christy was not his mistress. Mistress means somebody you put up. You sleeping with them, but you put up and you take care of right. them. She was somebody they slept right. with. For all we know, one time. Right. So I don't know. They just. There's a lot of potential in the movie that just was overlooked. And it was overlooked so you get the throw, throw in the 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 sex scene. Orchestrated sex. Throw in the um the running around being chased by Eddie Arcadian. Throw in the leg scene with ben, you know the, Yeah, the Benny Hill scene. I mean too. There, there was just there was places to go with this movie in they didn't go there. And, and that's, like I said, that's just Mm-mm. the 80s. The 80s always... It, I, Look, all right, no, no, stop. No. Okay, no more, no more 80s. Well, come slander. on, let's just be for real. How it. many stories there were made in the 80s where they had this storyline and they went halfway there and was like, you do the rest, audience. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't like 80s movies. Uh, because it was like, why do we're I have done. to use my imagination? Why do I have to walk out the theater rewriting this movie? Right. That's hilarious. You do the rest, people. <laughs> so would I watch it again? No. Mm-mm. Um. I will say I enjoyed it more than I anticipated enjoying mm-hmm. it. But, like I said at the beginning of this, you were funnier than the movie was. <laughs> like it, not that you're not funny, but the movie just I, wasn't I'm just funny. saying, and I, and I do just... believe watching this more than... We watched this multiple times. We saw this in the theater. Yes. We got this yes. from the video store when it came out yes. on VHS. So we yes. saw this multiple times. Look, we were just big we were, Michael J. Fox fans. Well, I saw J. Doc Hollywood right. more than once, too, okay? Huh? 
Which I is, saw Doc Hollywood more than once, too. But it was better. <laughs> it was better. <laughs> this movie was terrible. <laughs> well, not terrible. It just could have been It just could have been so potential. much. It was just a vehicle to help Michael J. Fox move up a little bit. Yeah. If you look at how does this seed in business without trying, and for what you and I've heard other people say, it was good. And then look at something like, I would when I say I liken it to Working mm-hmm. Girl. Working Girl actually completed what this was right, guess, trying exactly. to do. Like she did it. We didn't have to make anything up. People were people didn't have to ask questions because like you said, she had people helping her or she was really good at what right. she was doing. Like she really she nailed down what she had to do and didn't leave room for questions until she got until she got right. caught. But then found a way to fix it without some guess what we got was pull this rabbit out of her hat and, and she didn't get five percent of a country she didn't get I mean, caught in some dumb way get right. caught because you're right. trying to sneak into you both trying to sneak into the same woman's bed oh right. come on <laughs> this movie it was like how many tropes can we fit in one I know, movie right? mm, it was 75 <laughs> what a, it was a you know, as a person, like I said, being a kid when I first watched it and it liking Michael J. Fox and liking Helen Slater, it was great. Being mm-hmm. an adult and still liking Michael J. Fox and still liking Helen Slater, I'm glad I saw it when I was a kid and not for the first time now. <laughs> exactly. This is like I said, yeah. It wasn't them, it was not the acting. All of the actors in the movie were great. But the story. Everybody did a great job with their hands. Pooey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chook. <laughs> pooey. It was very pooey. Okay. Well, it was a good conversation. Yes, it was. Um, so, can you tell everybody where they can find us? iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Um, you can find our Facebook page, Fandom City, or at Fandom City Resident. Um, email us at mayor at fandomcity.com. Check out the website, fandomcity.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Fandom City Mayor. I am at City Sheriff. And the alderman is... At Alderman Leona X. Alderman Leona X, yeah. And then we have all the other factions that didn't bother to be a part of it. So we're there. They get no names. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Alderman saw the movie before. Look, exactly. <laughs> Maybe the Alderman was right to not watch. <laughs> Maybe the kids were too. Cheers to you, Alderman. <laughs> Cheers to you, kids. So, um, okay. Leave us some feedback. Subscribe. To give us some opinions. Tell us some movies. Recommend something. We'll listen. And hey, let us know if you like this. Yeah. And would you watch it again? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> I would love to talk to somebody who would watch this again. Some diehard Michael J. Fox right. fan. I love exactly. it. I love it. Supergirl's mom is in this movie, y'all. To current Supergirl's mom. Well, I mean, the real Supergirl is in it. Huh? I said she's the real Supergirl. Right, the real Supergirl. I don't know why I just name dropped that. I don't even watch Supergirl. I was about to say, you watched no. that? I watched the first episode in the crossover. Mm. Mm. I watch all the crossovers okay (laughs) but thanks for joining us everybody thank you for joining (laughs) us (laughs) Bye. bye